This is the IBJ Podcast for the week of September 12th, 2022, brought to you by Taft. I'm your host, Mason King. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. You may not be aware that wherever you live in Indiana, a good chunk of the money that goes toward funding local streets and roads comes from the state. The state collects taxes when you buy gas and redistributes some of that money to local governments for road funding. For example, in 2021, the state allocated $663 million in road funding to local governments. Marion County, also known as Indianapolis proper, received just over $30 million, or about 4.5%. If you live in Marion County, that might seem a bit curious. How is it that the county with 15% of the state's population only gets 4.5% of the funding? Indeed, Indianapolis leaders have pleaded with state lawmakers for decades to change the state's formula for funding local roads, which they say shows favoritism to rural counties with sparse traffic. When the state determines how much funding to pass along, it counts all streets, roads, and thoroughfares by their length. So for example, a one-mile stretch of a two-lane road in rural Park County would carry the same weight as a one-mile stretch of the six-lane Keystone Avenue on the north side of Indianapolis. City officials would prefer the funding formula place greater importance on traffic volume and an area's population. Using a related convention known as Vehicle Miles Traveled, a recent study commissioned by the city of Indianapolis found that Marion County would be ranked dead last in the state in terms of funding. The same study found that the eight donut counties all would fall in the bottom third in terms of funding per local vehicle miles traveled. The study also examined NDOT's Community Crossing Program, a matching grant program that awards up to $1 million to municipalities to fund improvements to roads and bridges. Like the gas tax formula, the program tends to put small rural communities on similar footing as communities with dense populations. But there's new hope. Leaders in the Indianapolis area can persuade Indiana lawmakers to make some changes. Suburban mayors in cities like Carmel, Fishers and Greenwood are becoming acutely aware that the state's funding mechanisms put their municipalities at a disadvantage. A recently formed Central Indiana Regional Development Authority, whose members include Anderson, Carmel, Fishers, Indianapolis, McCordsville, Noblesville, Westfield, and Zionsville, hopes its collective voice will be heard during next year's General Assembly. One of the main voices for Indianapolis is Dan Parker who until recently was director of the Indianapolis Department of Public Works. He's now chief of staff for Mayor Joe Hogsett. You'll recall that we spoke with him a few weeks ago about plans for improving Monument Circle. IBJ reporter Peter Blanchard is following these issues and reported on the group effort in last week's edition of IBJ. I spoke with him about the state formula and the potential legislators could be receptive to funding changes. Here's our conversation. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast Peter Blanchard, who joined the IBJ reporting staff in July to cover state government and politics. Thanks for making time. Thank you, Mason. So let's just start off with the basics. I am sure, uh, like me, a lot of people didn't know that local governments receive money from the state to fix their streets and roads. That's right. Uh, the state has a very 
complex road funding formula, um, kind of a Rube Goldberg machine when you look at it on paper. But really what it amounts to is that the, the state has a gas tax and th- that funding gets allocated to local governments so they can fix their roads and streets and bridges and that sort of thing. And when we say local governments, we could be talking about the county or could it be also cities and also towns? Or That's does it, right. Does it come in just on the county level then gets dispersed? Uh, individual municipalities uh, get allocated funds. So uh, uh, Marion County gets funding, you know, towns, villages, that sort of thing. So in 2021, how much money did the state of Indiana allocate for road funding to local government? INDOT allocated uh, $663 million in that fiscal year 2021. Okay. And then how much of that went to Marion County? So Marion County got about just over $30 million. Right. So that, according to my incredible math skills, is 4.5% of the total. But if we look at how many people live in the state, which is about 6.7 million, and Marion County's population of 980,000 people, that's about 15% of the state's population. So already, just looking at it from like a population standpoint, it seems uh, inadequate. That's right. But the money from the state isn't the only money that the, the municipalities would spend on roads. They could spend their own money as well if they wished. And, th- and they also receive federal funding as well, sometimes for road projects. That's right. Uh, federal funding is usually allocated for new projects, newer roads or sidewalks. The federal government has various uh, programs for the, the, that sort of thing. So how does the whole state funding uh, for road work ecosystem work, and how does it allocate the money to the local municipalities or local bodies? So Indiana's road funding formula allocates gas tax funds and other revenues um, by what are called centerline miles, which simply measure the length of a road, not accounting for how many lanes there are. What you have happening is, is that Uh, Indianapolis roads end up getting less funding because there are more lanes uh, as opposed to rural areas where you very commonly have just two-lane roads. So if if we look at how many miles of road there are in Marion County, if you count the distance in terms of vehicle miles traveled, how many miles of road are there? Uh, so the, the DPW has calculated that, and it's a little over 8,400 miles. And if you just count each bit of road just as centerline miles, how much does Marion County get credit for? Uh, less than half, so about 3,300 centerline miles are in Marion County. How did this, this formula come about, or how long has, has this been devised this way? It's been around a really long time, and I asked Dan Parker at the DPW about this, and and basically it dates back to uh, Unigov when the city and county uh, formed a joint government is around the time when this formula was created. You know, and then in the 70s and 80s, you had a lot of urban sprawl that led to uh, more more roadways in the city of Indianapolis and the greater metropolitan area. And so over time, uh, as these roads deteriorate, they have fewer and fewer dollars allocated to fix them up. So it's, it's unclear why the state road funding formula goes by centerline miles. But what you have is a Republican-dominated legislature that 
for the most part, represents more rural areas. And it's in their best interest to keep the formula as it is because it keeps the roads and county highways in their district uh, well taken care of because of this formula. So while the origins of it aren't totally clear because it dates back so many decades, uh, there's a lot of vested interest into keeping it the way it is. So if I'm uh, Department of Public Works in Indianapolis, uh, I obviously am not super happy about how this works. We recently got a, a good idea of how much either deferred maintenance or just required maintenance uh, there is for the streets in Indianapolis. Uh, I think um, there's an engineering firm hired by Indianapolis did this study. What did they find? So it was a pretty big report uh, when it came out back in March from HNTB Corp, uh, which basically found that the city faces an average annual funding gap that's every year of uh, uh, just a little over $1 billion for all its roads and transportation infrastructure. Now, that number does include building new sidewalks for all of Indy's roads, but even if you take that out, and you don't include work for residential pavements and sidewalks, the annual funding gap is still uh, somewhere between $195 million and $230 million annually. So somewhere in that range is really the amount of money that Indianapolis would need every year in order to adequately maintain and repair its roads. You know, the study also looked at NDOT's Community Crossings Program, uh, which is a matching grant program that awards up to $1 million for municipalities to fund improvements to their roads and bridges. Um, but, you know, a lot of city leaders find issue with this formula as well, because like the gas tax formula, the program really favors small rural communities. And that's because it's a, it's a blanket $1 million that's given to, you know, let's say the town of Mooresville. The city of Indianapolis is also getting that same one million, but it goes a lot farther in rural areas uh, where you don't have a, as much roadway. And another thing this study found was that Marion County only gets about 12 cents for every dollar it generates for community crossings, while you look at Ohio County, which is the smallest and least populous county in the state, they get four dollars for every dollar they put in to the community crossings program. So you can really see uh, the disparity there between urban and rural areas. Okay, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. This is the IVJ Podcast. Taft, today's modern law firm. With more than 625 attorneys across 11 offices, we provide solutions to the business issues facing middle market and emerging companies alike. We do this through a highly collaborative and inclusive team approach. Taft, the modern law firm. To learn more, visit taftlaw.com. All right, we're back with this week's edition of the IBJ podcast and my conversation with IBJ reporter Peter Blanchard about the state of Indiana's formula for apportioning road funding. So like we've been saying, this has been the case for a long time, yet we don't hear about uh, for example, the city of Indianapolis going to the legislature every session and saying, please fix us, please fix us. Uh, why? <laughs> why not? <laughs> well, there there have been pretty much every year there is a bill floated in the legislature to 
change the road funding formula. In 2019, uh, Dan Parker and the Department of Public Works uh, worked with some Democratic officials on a bill to, to change or tweak the road funding formula to benefit urban areas more so. Um, but these bills really don't go anywhere um, because, again, you have a Republican-controlled legislature that would, it would be against their own interests to change this road funding formula. So even if they believe that, or even if they know that rural areas are disproportionately benefiting more than urban areas, they don't have as much of an interest to change it because it benefits their constituents. What is different now? Because it sounds like the mayors of central Indiana are beginning to work together on this issue. So one of the things contained in my article is a, a newer study that the city commissioned with a firm called Policy Analytics. And it basically just dives down deeper into the funding disparities and builds off kind of the data we saw in HNTB that shows that there's this disproportionate funding for rural counties versus urban counties. This time around, this new data shows that the donut counties around Marion County are actually not far behind when you look at the funding disparity. So, for example, Marion County ranks, ranks dead last in road funding per vehicle miles traveled. You have Hamilton County not far behind, Boone County. Basically, all the donut counties this study found are in the bottom third of road funding. So, what Dan Parker is hoping to do and the city are hoping to do is use this collective voice of these suburban mayors in these donut counties to try and call more attention to this issue. And uh, there's a group that recently formed called the Central Indiana Regional Development Authority. Dan Parker is going to be presenting some of these new figures to that group next month. Some of the mayors are already aware of it. And they basically recognize that if this formula isn't changed, then their areas are going to suffer down the road. <laughs> so to speak. So to speak. Sorry. Yeah, and now we're talking about more than 2 million people. The metropolitan Indianapolis population, Marion and the Donut counties, well more than 2 million people. So now we're talking about maybe a third of the population of Indiana. So I assume that helps a little bit. Yeah. I, I think it, it certainly helps uh, the city's case. You know, there, there's long been a situation where you have Indianapolis sort of uh, shaking its fist at the state legislature and saying, why won't you change this? But by building more of an alliance with some other central Indiana counties, which, you know, many of the municipalities are represented by Republican mayors, right? So maybe some of these uh, Republican lawmakers in the state legislature would be more willing uh, to listen to some of their colleagues uh, that maybe they can find more common ground with. Right. So these would include uh, Jim Brainerd in uh, Cartmel, Scott Fadness in Fishers, mm -hmm. Mark Myers in Greenwood. Uh, you have uh, Chris Jensen, Mayor no Noblesville. So you have all these Republican mayors who basically agree with Dan Parker and say, yes, this funding formula is antiquated and it needs to be changed. So do they any sense yet of, of what the strategy is? Is it simply, you know, going to visit your legislators <laughs> and saying, hey, we'd love it if you, uh, if you would help carry this so, uh, in the state house, Or is, is there some other kind of lobbying that can be done? It's really in the early stages right now. And this group, the Central Indiana RDA, 
uh, in the coming months may be able to form some sort of a strategy of trying to convince the legislature to change or tweak this funding formula. Um, and they've got a couple months to prepare for it. You know, the session, uh, the 2023 session, uh, isn't going to get underway for a couple of months, so they have some time to sort of strategize. Um, one of the things Dan Parker has also talked about is the gas tax formula, or the gas tax, is set to increase on July 1st of next year and increase again July 1st of 2024. And one of the things Parker is proposing is rather than sort of a, a radical change in the formula, is taking just some of that money, the the increase that we're going to see in the gas tax, taking that extra money and allocating it more towards urban areas that can maybe use the funding a little more. So uh, there are different strategies, but the key right now is is probably getting a Republican lawmaker who would get on board with this cause. But right now, there doesn't seem to be anyone who's willing to take that on. Well, that's really fascinating. Yeah, I would think that the that the challenge really would be, how do you make the rest of the state feel like they're not losing anything while you can show uh, central Indiana that it is gaining something? Now, what if what if they're unsuccessful? What if the state uh, decides, well, we're not, we're not going to take any action on this right now? Is there any recourse for central Indiana? Not really. This This formula has to be changed through legislation. So all roads, no pun intended, lead to the state legislature. You know, another thing they've talked about is um, updating the community crossings formula, which, you know, again, gives just a blanket $1 million to any municipality, doesn't account for uh, how much vehicle miles there are in their districts or uh, how, how big they are. But again, that community crossings formula would also need to be changed through some sort of legislation. Uh, so, you know, if these mayors are unsuccessful in the next session, they're just going to have to come back next year and try it all over again. All right. Well, this is great. You're going to be covering the session, obviously, and I'm sure this will be one of the main things that we'll be watching. And we'll probably talk about it uh, here in a few months. That sounds good. My thanks again to Peter Blanchard. And folks, before you get on with the rest of your week, I want to draw your attention to a few stories in the latest issue of IBJ. First up, a year after many of Indiana's largest corporations and health systems began firing employees who didn't get COVID-19 vaccines, the lawsuits are beginning to pile up. John Russell reports on the continuing split over mandatory vaccinations. Also in this week's issue, Taylor Wooten explains why the city of Indianapolis is struggling with a big staffing shortage with nearly one-fifth of its positions unfilled. And Dave Lindquist has a ditty about two music competitions with great international reputations that are trying to raise their profiles in their home city of Indianapolis. Again, you can find these stories in the latest print edition of IBJ or online at ibj.com. I will say it is easier to access all of the latest local news about business and politics and all of IBJ's data on Central Indiana's business community and economy if you're a subscriber. And here's a new development. We have wrapped all of IBJ's content together with all of the stories, columns, and podcasts from our sister publication, Inside Indiana Business. And that works out to about $3 per week for actionable information about every notable business development across the state. You won't find Indiana's story told with this kind of breadth and depth anywhere else. 
just go to ibj.com and click on the subscribe button. And thanks again for making time this week for the IBJ podcast. I'm Mason King. Hang in there, everybody. We'll be back again next week.